Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got a word. I don't know if yet. I just know God, God looks at the heart. God looks at our heart. He's not looking to see how many times I attend church. He's not looking at how many Bible verses I can quote. He's not looking to see if I throw out a cuss word every once in a while. He's looking at this. He's looking at our heart. It's my heart after him. Is my heart pursuing him? When I get mad and cuss somebody out, is my heart still pursuing God? That's what God looks at. He'll, he'll deal with all that other stuff. I'm going to tell on myself, okay? I'm not sure if I was a pastor at the time, but I was, it, it was real close in between that time. I'm not a person, I never have used cuss words. I wasn't brought up that way. First of all, if one ever slipped out, my daddy would have tore my backside up. So it never did. We were at Lake DeGray. It's been just several years ago. It was late at night. It was dark. We were coming out of a camping area. And you know, roads are winding. Saw a little deer, a little one. May have had spots on it. So we slowed down. Pulled off to the side because there was another vehicle coming up behind me. Pulled off to the side, slowed way down, because we were watching the little deer. Had our windows rolled down. This man in a big four-wheel drive truck pulled up right on my rear end, and I'm practically stopped. It's not like he couldn't tell I was stopped, and I was off the road. He pulled right up on me, and I can't remember if he honked his horn or something, but he whooped out around and sped by me, and I slung him a word. Out the window. I did. I mean, I'm stopped, and I'm, I'm watching this little deer, and he come barreling around with wide open, and I'm concerned he's allowed to run over this, he scared this little deer and run over it, and I, I slung a word out the window at him. And didn't care if he heard. I'm like, go ahead and stop. We'll, we'll carry this conversation a little farther. 
I'm just being real. Had to repent. You know what repent actually means? Change the way you think. I didn't know that was in there, but it sure come out that day. But God looks at the heart. God didn't reach down and thump me on the head. He looks at my heart. Yeah, I was upset at him. And I responded wrong. But God still looks at our heart. David had a man killed after he slept with his wife so that nobody would find out he had slept with his wife and got her pregnant. So he had the man killed. But yet the Bible tells us that David is a man after God's own heart. So what does it mean to have a heart for God? It means like we were talking about this morning to never let God become common. It means we pursue Him. Even when we mess up, we get back up and we pursue. That's what, com what not being common is. We continually pursue. We don't stay in our stuff and wallow in it. We get up and pursue some more. God will never become common when we do that. God's not looking for a perfect people. How can he show himself strong in someone that's perfect? He's looking for someone that he can show himself strong in. So the question is, you know, Miss Barbara, she pursued God. She, was, she, she wanted God. She had a heart for God. She had a heart for God. And she pursued God. She was ready. Her heart was ready. I'm not going to say that she mentally was ready to go because I don't know that any of us really are but she had a heart for God you know we have you hear people talk about million dollar questions that's a million dollar question y'all ever heard that statement that's a million dollar question well the eternal question is above a million dollar question and that is are you ready are you ready where's your heart where is your heart hallelujah where is your heart what are you pursuing that's the easiest way to discover where your heart is. What are you pursuing? What is important to you? That's where your heart is.
So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready when the rapture comes? Are you ready? That's the eternal question. Because that question, the answer to that question determines where you spend eternity. So we have to be real with God. Am I ready? Am I pursuing Him? When God looks at my heart, what does He see? What does He see? Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. You see, God give us the Holy Ghost. He give us the Holy Spirit so that we could be ready. So that we can pursue God. So that we can go after Him. So that we can walk in victory. You know, sometimes we have the idea that walking in victory is everything going right. You know, people have that mentality. I'm pursuing God. Everything in my life should line up and go straight. I don't know about y'all, but my life goes like this. Turn around a time or two. Back over here. But the Holy Spirit is what gives us the power. It's what gives us the strength. It's what gives us the ability. It's what gives us the wisdom. It's what gives us the tenacity to go after God. The Holy Spirit is what allows us to set our face like a flint and keep pursuing in the midst of trouble. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, he, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from here. From here. In verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power, and if you read on down, it talks about you'll have power to be a witness. What is a witness? A witness is just... A living example of Jesus. We'll just make it real simple. A witness is a living example of Jesus. Acts 2, 16. We'll start in 
14. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hear, hearken to my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? The release of the Holy Ghost upon the man. The release of the Holy Ghost upon man. The promise on the day of Pentecost, the promise of God was released. The game changer was released. You know, when the Holy Ghost was released, he changed everything. Repentance was released upon the earth. Conviction was released. Deliverance was released. The ability to change was released. Healing was released. Salvation was released. Comfort was released. Wisdom was released. The truth of God was released. Abundant life was released. Counsel was released. When you don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost always knows what to do. Might was released. That's the power of God. Revelation was released. When you don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost does. We forget that sometimes. When I don't know what to do, I go look it up. I Google. I go to YouTube. And they know a lot. But I guarantee you the Holy Ghost knows more. I can research YouTube and fix my lawn more, but I can't research YouTube to fix my life. But the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost was released, prophesying was released, because it goes on down in there and says, and it shall come to pass, it's verse 17, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I expect to see visions. I expect to see dreams. I expect, I expect to prophesy because I'm a son. We're either a son or a daughter. Hallelujah. That's why, you know, sometimes we act like we're, we're shocked, and I still do myself. We're, we're shocked when God shows us something. Why should we be? The Word says that He's going to. He says He's going to show us visions. I said last Sunday, and it took me a minute to say it. I saw angels up here. 
on this side of the church, a whole bunch of them, one with a trumpet. You know, you first you think, well, that's my imagination running away. My imagination don't run like that. My imagination runs, well, I, I want to go fishing. I'm going to catch a bunch of fish. That's my imagination. <laughs> That's my imagination. My imagination don't run with this sanctuary being, being filled with angels. My imagination don't run with a, seeing a big monstrous creature here with, with a light from heaven splitting him wide open. My imagination don't run like that. God showed us. Hallelujah. We should expect to see them. We should expect to see things. We should expect to hear things. We should expect to prophesy. I'm standing up here a while ago. I'll use Hannah for an example. <laughs> In case y'all wonder why I called her down, I'll explain. I'm standing up here praising God like this, and I see Hannah in right here with a flame of fire about 10 inches tall on top of her head. So I say, okay, Hannah, come here. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're saved. She's saved. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, so I pray for her. I could have just, well, that's my imagination. No, we got to step into those things. That's what the Holy Ghost brought. I can promise you before I received the Holy Ghost, none of that stuff was going on up in my head. None of it. I didn't see angels. I didn't see fire on top of people's heads. I've seen crowns on young ladies in here more than once. And God called them down and I pray for them. He says, you're my princess. That's why you got a crown on your head. It's all from God. That's what was released with the Holy Ghost. See, when the Holy Ghost was released, the power of God was released to all flesh. To all of the whosoever will. To the all who says, I want Jesus. To the all that's willing to step in and say, I want Jesus in my heart. And when you do that, you ask Jesus to come in and live in your heart, and the Holy Ghost shows up. That's what comes to live in your heart. Hallelujah. I think it's interesting God says that the Holy Ghost is a gift. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Let me find my scripture that I got. Let me see where it is. Chapter 2, verse 
It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, we don't receive the Holy Ghost by doing good works. We don't receive the Holy Ghost by reading the Bible. We don't receive the Holy Ghost by singing in the choir. We don't receive the Holy Ghost by praying. We don't receive the Holy Ghost by jumping up and down, shouting and praising, running around the sanctuary. It says we receive the Holy Ghost when we repent. It says that Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. Receive Jesus into your heart. The Holy Ghost comes in. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost comes in. So we, we, going back to what we were talking about this morning, letting God become common, we can let the Holy Ghost inside of us, which is the Spirit of God, become common. But the Holy Ghost is the only reason we can overcome. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 49. I was listening to a song the other day, and the lady was singing. And she made the statement in the song she was singing it said uh, that let me see let me find it she said that we move with the sound of God's voice. We move with the sound of God's voice. And then when she said that, I realized that's true. We move with the sound of God's voice. Then we speak forth and do what he said, and he moves with the sound of our voice. When we speak forth what he says, he moves with the sound of our voice. John 12, verse 49, says, For I have not spoken of myself, this is Jesus talking, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment. God gave Jesus a commandment of what I should say and what I should speak. 
God gave Jesus a commandment of what to say and what to speak. He told him what to say and what to speak. Verse 50. It says, and I know that, that his commandment is life everlasting. So when I speak what God says speak, I'm speaking life into a situation. I'm speaking what God desires into that situation. That is the gift of the Holy Ghost. John 6, 30, 63 tells us that Jesus speaks words of spirit and life. When it says they're words of spirit, it means they're not subject to the natural realm. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Let's go there. Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty nine. You know, sometimes people think that serving God is, too, is hard. Serving God is difficult. Serving God is like I can't do it. Matthew 20, Matthew 11, verse, well, we'll go to 28. It says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, you're carrying a burden that you wasn't meant to carry. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of Jesus. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When we are led by the Holy Ghost, God's yoke is easy, and his burden is light. The yoke of God, you know what a yoke is? You see, too, what it's talking about there is we're yoked. We got a thing around our neck, and it's attached to Jesus. Where he walks, we walk. When he stops, we stop. When he eats grass, you know, like cows, we, we eat grass. What he does, we do. We don't have to figure it out that way. We just let, let Jesus lead us. He says, walk this. If he walks this way, I walk that way. If he walks this way, I walk this way. If he stops to talk to somebody, I talk to somebody. His yoke is easy. That's what the Word says. I've made it hard. But I'm looking at it through my ability instead of his. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Isaiah 10:27 tells us that the enemy's yoke is destroyed because of the anointing, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we received. When we got saved. That's what was released at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost. 
God took it so far as to not to give to keep us from even having an excuse that Jesus was born of a virgin. He left all of his God power in heaven. He was born of a virgin. He walked on this earth as a man. He left his authority in heaven and walked on this earth as a man. And he didn't do anything in the supernatural realm until he was baptized and the Holy Ghost come on him. That takes away all of our excuses. Right there. Jesus did nothing in the supernatural realm until the Holy Ghost come on him. So we can't either. But we also don't have an excuse. See, the Holy Ghost is what breaks the fear. The Holy Ghost is what breaks the doubt. The Holy Ghost is what breaks the unbelief. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Let's look at that one. Chapter 5, verse 12. These apostles, some of them started out as fishermen. One was a tax collector. It says, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. The apostles did signs and wonders. Let's go to verse... Skip down to verse 15. It says, Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the street and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Peter walked in the power of the Holy Ghost so much that they would bring people and lay them in the street just so that when he walked by, his shadow would cast over them and they would get healed. Peter was a fisherman. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter didn't have all his ducks in a row. But the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost was in Peter. I've seen a minister before that walks in the power of the Holy Ghost. He was ministering and he was just demonstrating the power. He had a whole row of people sitting on a pew. And he walked up to the person and they didn't, best I can remember, they don't even, didn't even know he was there. He walked up to the person on the, on the end and just put his hand. He didn't touch their head. He put his hand just a few inches above their head and just stood there. The row of people didn't know where he was because he had been, I think, walking up and down the aisles. He just put his hand over the top of their head. And then you could just see the presence of God. Hit that one. Hit that one. 
hit that one and just went worked its way all the way down. I saw it. The presence of God just began to flow down that whole row, and he didn't touch a single person. Matter of fact, they didn't even know he was standing there. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. But we can't get hung up on that word apostles either. Because in Acts chapter 6 verse 8. This is Stephen. They say Stephen was a waiter. Call him a waiter of tables. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Peter, signs and wonders followed him. Signs and wonders followed Peter. Miracles followed Peter. Well, I'm saying Peter followed Stephen. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter if you stand behind the pulpit. It does not matter if you can play the keyboard. All that matters is, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? And do you let that filling of the Holy Ghost come up and come out? That's all that matters. Mark 16. 16 and 17. What I want us to realize today is there's a lot that we haven't tapped into. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. It says, And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in the name, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if any, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's not to a select few. That's to whosoever will. That's to whosoever will step into it. I have the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost in you. You have the power of God in you. I just pray. If y'all want to come, anybody want more of the Holy Ghost? Anybody want more of the Holy Ghost? I want to pray for you. I know one thing. If I release something, then I get more. <laughs> that's, that's the way it works in God's kingdom. So I want, I want more of the Holy Ghost. More signs, more wonders. Mata shekata. Mata sokorata shekete. I want more. Thank you again for tuning in with us.
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.